sad I missed out on that, though. I read about it the next day. What did you miss out on, Justin, now that we are recording episode number 87? 46. What exactly did you miss out on? Oh, nothing. Nothing? Nothing at all. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You and all of your neo-Nazi friends? No, it's just like this chat bot that, uh, I guess this is kind of news. I think it's to kind, like, of, kind of science fiction. Yeah, so um, Microsoft released this um, chatbot that was supposed to imitate uh, teenager... Teenage girl, yeah. Teenage girl speaking online through Twitter and text and whatnot. And um, she started out, you know, fairly harmless, but, like, as she went along, she learned from either websites people to, like, look at or, you know, just things they were telling her to... talking about with her. And, yeah, she turned into a... Hitler-loving, genocidal maniac by the end of it, after a day, which Microsoft then shut it down and apparently turned him into a feminist or something. So pretty standard internet stuff? Yeah. Became a complete racist and then turned around? Yep. Okay. I just thought, like, if you go back and, like, read these tweets and stuff, they're, like, kind of amusing that, like, You know, AI learning was, like, able to, like, pick up on, like, all this, like, internet meme shit that, like... Hitler did nothing wrong. Yeah, stuff like that. And it's just like, wow, okay, um, now I know why they um, took Watson's uh, Urban Dictionary rights away or whatever it was. I don't know. I think the people who amuse themselves by, like, seems like the old Google bomb kind of thing. The Google bomb? Yeah, the way I used to be able to hack Google, the like how you could, how people got miserable failure to redirect to George Bush. Oh yeah, search, just by linking repeatedly to the page with that term in there because of the way Google's little thingy works. Mm-hmm. And it's really stupid that people who want to make the Tay robot into a Nazi robot have like given the engineers at Microsoft the exact data set they need to filter out all that shit in the future. <laughs> I'm a little short sighted. Using for the day it was alive though was that your reaction seeing transformers in 2007 when you were forced to go to the theater at gunpoint i think i actually did see this in theaters with my dad <laughs> um yeah it was worse than because you know the whole theater surround sound experience actually made my ears bleed rather than just like my speakers at home being very annoying to so would ears. you say it was more than meets the eye no okay no i would not say that i would never say that about anything actually <laughs> wow except the actual transformer toys that i had as a kid i had one as a kid and i wasn't able to figure out how to transform it for a while and i'm like oh hey oh my god it's more than meets the eye oh so you did say it yeah Probably like when I was five or six. Well, hey, let's talk about Transformers. Okay, sure. Michael Bay's 2007 Oscar sweeping picture. I think it got best picture, best screenplay, best lead actor, best supporting actor. Not special, uh, not best effects, though. It lost out in that category. Oh, did it? What did it lose to? Oh, Lincoln. Okay. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. They made a weird British guy into a weird American guy. That was good special effects, you're right. Yeah, they just pasted some pubes on his face. It was my mistake. Yeah. 
But I mean, it won every other Oscar possible, and it had the the best screenwriting team behind it. Grant's favorite screenwriting partnership actually wrote this. I'll bet he can guess who it is. Uh. Nope. It's your favorite people from Star Trek. I know who it is. Roberto Orsi and Alex Kurtzman. Probably, yeah, exactly. Justin's sticking a nail into his head right now. Yeah. Two of the most talented people in film, I'd say. Easily. Are they writing the new Fast and the Trek movie, too, or? Maybe. No, I think they got kicked off. Oh, it's okay. Simon Pegg and some other, one of them, and Simon Pegg is writing that, or did write it. Hmm. Simon Pegg wrote Fast and the Trek. The Trek yes. and the Furious. I don't know which sounds better. Trek and the Furious. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna suck anyway, so who cares? <laughs> but Trek and the Furious sounds better. It's really sad that Robert Orsi is no longer. He's not writing the new Trek movie. Why is that? Because he wrote the second one, and it was about drone strikes and extrajudicial killings and stuff that you didn't understand. That was really. I'm really glad I didn't see that movie. Into darkness. People saying it sucked, and he and Alex Kurtman were like, "You don't understand. This was a serious political movie. You fucking sheep don't get it." Yeah, people criticized him, and then he like went ape shit at some Comic Con panel. On people saying like, "Well, you guys don't understand how deep it is, and there's that's all about like drone politics and shit." And no, it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. I sort of missed that. That's because you're a sheep, Clark. I guess I'm just stupid. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people miss that, but you know, I guess just like Michael Bay didn't. Uh, well, didn't really give up his roots in this movie. I guess that's the one thing I can say positively about his... Well, what would we say his roots are? I mean... Making commercials. Oh, did he make commercials before this? Commercials and music videos are how he started well, out. Well, and um, that one Meteor movie that we watched. I can't remember which one. Armageddon. Was it Armageddon or was it the other one? It was Ar- oh, definitely it was, Armageddon. It was Armageddon. Okay. <laughs> and he also did... He's done a few good movies. Like, he did The Rock with Sean Connery and... Nicholas Cage. Hmm. That was a good movie. I just want to refer back to your previous question, though, about if he did uh, Deep Impact. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, Deep Michael Impact. Michael Bay includes a subplot about a woman trying to reconcile with her divorced father and his new young wife. Yeah. Does that really sound like Michael Bay? <laughs> no. I, I, as I was saying that, I, I, I honestly just couldn't remember Deep Impact, like the, the name of the movie. If Michael Bay had done that, they would have been having their little like drinks when they were having their first little bitter confrontation, and then black guys with bandanas over their faces and MAC-10s would have run in there, grabbing their crotches and shot everybody playing rap music. Right, and then the whole, whole hotel would have exploded in huge yeah. window-bursting flames. Because, you know, SEAL Team 6 was there to kill the gang members and rescue Taya Leone to take her to the president. I mean, that's how Michael Bay would have handled that scene. Yeah. So... I, I guess, like, jumping right in, since you said something that sort of sparked my memory of this movie, like, in what world, like, would you just not freak the fuck out and, like, walk away from a dealership when, like, every single car explodes? Well, Bernie Mac's dead, so he was a ghost this whole time. Oh, so. this is a ghost dad scenario. 
Exactly. Except instead of Bill Cosby like roofing the kids, it's just Bernie Mac. Was Mack. that his defense? What? A ghost did it? Yeah. A ghost felt you up? <laughs> it's a pretty solid defense. A ghost dad. Ah. Is that what you made him call him? A ghost dad? <laughs> ghost daddy. <laughs> oh. That's his pimp name? Yeah. He's ghost daddy? Go- the- oh, yeah, his screen name's Ghost Daddy, like, 69. <laughs> the police can never catch him. He's like a ghost. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> oh, Yeah. But Bernie Mac's dead for real, so it's always weird to see him on film now. I always forget that he's dead, too. To be fair, he didn't really have the most expansive film career, but... <laughs> no, I, I don't get, like, real, like... I know I wasn't alive during, like, I guess his heyday, like, Kings of Comedy, I guess, is what he was known for or something. But, like, it seemed like that's just, like, one comedy special that, like, he was on. Yeah. He's milking that. Or I mean, milk that to his own well, show. He had, a, he had a sitcom for a lot of years, too. Yeah, he had the Bernie Mac show, yeah. which wasn't very good. And he was, like, in Ocean's Eleven. That, that's where I really yeah, remember first seeing him. Oh, yeah. All three of those. And White then, Jack. <laughs> See, yeah, he's funny in those movies. Yeah. I like him. <laughs> Want me to shine your shoes, smile at you, do a little dance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really nailed it in those. But Yeah, I, I remember him from those. I just think, like, whoever's in this movie, it's impossible for them to nail anything because the material they're working with is just, it's so bad. It's, like, unnailable. It's, like, it's like jello. It, I don't, it just feels like nothing in this movie anybody would actually say in a real life scenario like it just seems like all like one-liner like circle jerk haha like check this out sort of stuff well yeah Yeah. weird shit also like hey where's your wallet we're being attacked by a robot scorpion where's your wallet you bring your credit cards over on the special operations mission yeah got your driver's license in there i need to make a cell phone call it it just seems ridiculous and like I I don't know. It's and the little like Afghan kid is like, Oh, my family lives right up there on that mountain. Oh, did that's you, not far away. Did you just walk all the way down there to the base to get the guy's camel back for him? <laughs> that was nice of you. I, and why why didn't um I don't even know which Decepticon it was that was um, hunting them down then? Why didn't it just black, attack him? Well, he was, it was black, a helicopter. Blackout was at the base, but the but scorpion. That scor- oh, the scorpion Scorpinox. was Scorpionock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, why didn't he just kill the the army guys when they were, you know, stuck in the middle of the desert? Because they're special operations soldiers. But it was very obvious, like, their weapons did nothing to him until they actually had to call in, you know, the, 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 uh, the jets to shoot him down. Hey, A-10 Warthogs are turboprop airplanes, Justin. Oh, are they? (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't know. Wait, is that what those things are, the ones that, like, have the face painted on them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just a big flying gun, basically. Yeah. yeah. But they didn't kill them because they're special operations soldiers. Well, that's... I think that's one thing in this movie that makes no sense and I think would have improved the movie is... I don't get why this, the army guys, the special ops guys, even are characters in this movie. It's like they really don't add anything. I think they could have just been background actors and it still would have been the same or better. 
It's like this is generally the big problem with this movie to me is like you go to it anticipating the story is going to be about the Transformers and you want to see Transformers doing stuff on screen and they focus so much on the human people in the story and it's they're so boring. Well, Transformers are expensive to put on screen. Yeah, but still, if you're if if that's the argument, I hope I would hope that they put interesting human characters on screen. It's just like nobody in this movie you don't like is Shia interesting. LaBeouf? No, he's not his character isn't interesting at all and <laughs> I don't actually he doesn't act it very well either, but no, I guess I, like the material sucks, so I don't know how much of it is his fault, but uh and what's her name? Megan Fox can't I mean, we know why she's in the movie. It's not because she's a good actress at all. It's because no. she's just some valley girl that Michael Bay took a liking to and, you know, picked up from obscurity, I guess. I can't remember anything she ever did before this movie. I think this was her, like, her first movie or something. I yeah. feel like there was something else before, but maybe not. Ah, whatever. Her first movie of any noteworthy... Yeah, I, yeah. I, I... <laughs> I don't know, just, that just bothered me, especially like, you know, uh, what's his name, Sam Witwicky, that Spike's, or uh, Shia's character. Mm-hmm. Well, why he isn't named Spike what? in the first place Spike? doesn't make, because Spike and Sparkplug were the human characters in the original okay, Spark, cartoon. Okay, Spike, I can understand as a human name. Spark They're nicknames. Plug is, no, okay, okay, nicknames, because okay, okay. they worked at like a um, oil rig, mm-hmm. and that's where they met Optimus Prime and the Transformers, is that they were um, roughnecks and stuff. Okay. Yeah, but they were Spike and Sparkplug, and they were like the human characters in the series, and they were Witwicky also, but I don't know. Like, they were actually interesting. <laughs> they actually helped them do stuff, and this movie, the family's not but interesting. Remember that one time, like, Shadabouf shoved a cube into a CGI robot, and he saved the day? Nope. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't think I remember that part. <laughs> That's you know generally like people talk about like how much they hate this movie and how bad it is and like I guess coming from the source material it's like not you know we disagreed last week about the the animated movie which I think is a masterpiece but still like the original series is not it's not like a huge you know artistic yeah piece itself and it's like they're not really rising much above that but still it's i don't really get people who like just absolutely hate this movie because for me it's just totally forgettable because it's so boring like even the transformer fights are kind of boring i was watching this yesterday and like um i just found myself zoning out a lot and like i'm like oh how did that robot show up on screen fuck i actually have to like rewind you know two minutes to watch this piece of shit again to i lost track of which robots were which i especially at the end in that big climactic fight i honestly couldn't tell the decepticons apart except the one that had the i I forget the one with the helicopter bits because he actually had the blades on his back that's blackout blackout I could tell Megatron apart because he had this different face. Yeah. And but, I could tell Optimus apart, but otherwise it was just like, what is happening? The black robot that were on the Optimus Prime side, Jazz or something? Grape drink? Grape drink. Yeah. And there was another gray colored robot, but I can't remember his name, on the Autobot side. That I honestly got 
him Iron, and Jazz. Ironhide. Was it Ironhide? I, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, okay. But like, I just know in this movie it's Optimus, Bumblebee, Jazz, and Jazz gets killed, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jazz. Rick. Ratchet or Ricochet? Maybe. Yeah. Ratchet sounds right. That's a tool. And I can't remember the last one, but he looked just like Jazz, except without the black accent. Um. Bumblebee. No. No, Bumblebee's <laughs> a mute in this movie, which again that. That's something that like would have improved the movie a lot to me if he had actually been able to communicate with Sam, you know, in actual words, not through the radio stations. Yeah, I remember when I first saw this movie, like that being really annoying. That like, oh, he's like trying to say they came from outer space, and it's like from the heavens, from like the radio, from like some preacher thing. I'm like, this is really annoying to like try and figure out what the fuck he's trying to say as a audience member. Right. Or and when they meet up with all the other Autobots, why don't they just fix him? It's like because they, they have to get the glasses or but some. The shit. Autobot, the whoever the Autobot is who repairs him, says he's still working on the problem. But like during the whole process I, of I them like running around and it's a, shit, it's annoying. Like, but they do take the time to at least devote one line to it. They but didn't then, let like, that go completely. just at the end of the movie, it's just like, oh hey, Bumblebee, you can talk again. Like after this climactic battle, it's like, yep, 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 yep. Eh. Yeah. And he says, "I want to stay with the boy." The boy. The boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's something that again wastes my time as an audience member for this movie because in the original series again like bumblebee was a main character because he could talk and he was like the main friend of the human characters and they had a lot of adventures together and that's why people liked the character in this movie he's like a he's a car he drives sure. sam he drives sam places michael bay doesn't care about that though i'm 90 sure he doesn't care. right he, he cares about time. explosions yeah. and robot mash porn <laughs> you know it's just i mean he cares about his ridiculous stereotypes which i don't know usually i don't really get bothered about this kind of shit but it just seems like in every one of his movies it's so overt well, and just like hey. i mean it's not just like the jazz or whatever the robot's name no, was. No, it's it's all. it's like everybody. Yeah, yes. it's like oh, there's like the dad who gets like angry at everything. Oh, there's like you know the jarhead special forces guy. Oh, there's like you know the FBI looking like power like power's gone to this his head kind of like jackass kind of guy. And it's like it's, every single character is just like. I mean, there's Indian phone answer guy. Yeah. support guy there's you know sleazy car salesman guy then there's you know anthony anderson wants some kool-aid and watermelon like wow you're really getting deep into these characters here yeah it, not to mention that there's an australian woman working for the nsa which doesn't really seem to compete wait, for me though she was a contractor right Kind of, or something. I think uh, Jean Voigt there says that they're recruiting these kids right out of college. I think that they're hiring them, like, straight up. Mm. Doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Eh. Whatevs. Oh, she's an attractive blonde woman. I'm sure that's why she's in the movie. Because Michael exactly. Bay's doing the casting here, but... Yes, of they, course. Hoover Dam is a secret location they store frozen robots in. 
President Hoover ordered them to build the dam to hide the robot. Couldn't you just hid the robot in the mountain anyway? See, I, I never really got that because, like, okay, let's say, you know, Shia LaBeouf's grandfather found the robot under the ice, <laughs> Arctic Circle, whatever. How with, when was Hoover president? Uh, the 20s. 20s? How would they be able to transport the robot from the ice cap to the Hoover Dam in the 20s without, you know, it melting. Since we already saw, like, once it gets above, you know, freezing on those robots, it just, like, goes like, Rawr, I'm a robot. And they become unfrozen. So, like, I really doubt that they are able to transport it that far without it becoming... They did it in wintertime. Maybe they just made a giant... Hoover Dam is pretty far south, isn't it? I, I can't even... Colorado River. Is it far? Is it closer to Colorado though? Like I figure it. I never think of the Hoover Dam. Did you play Fallout New Vegas, Justin? It's next to Las Vegas. Is it next to Las Vegas? I mean, it's a little farther away in real life, but yeah, it's in that general vicinity. Yeah, because the dam it creates like, the the reservoir, Lake, yeah. Lake Mead. Still, like I, I feel like it that far south. Even in winter, you would have a robot that would start melting and. They used big blocks of ice, and they had the big scissor things, and were piling them up. Oh, the big, oh, those things that are like the giant, like, ice tongs? Yeah. No. I don't think so. I mean, I, if that's your your problem with the logic of the movie, I mean, just like last week with you and the hey, Optimus Prime's Invisible trailer, it's like... I'm that. just <laughs> picking things out that I find wrong. There's plenty I can, like, find wrong as far as, like, why the fuck nobody can, like, see these robots running around, like... Hiding in plain sight. I mean, okay. That's what their deal is, though. No, but they're giant, like, 20-foot-tall robots. In disguise. But they're not in, like, a fucking car mode or whatever. Or, like, the little... I don't know what the thing was that actually the little three-foot-tall robot that was hacking the... Oh, George Bush's computer? Yeah. Yeah. Like, why... Could nobody, like, see that? Like, it's walking around outside of Air Force One, and everyone's just like, oh, la, 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 and, like, they don't see this thing running by or questioning it. the stewardess had to get the the ding-dong that she dropped on the floor. I'm talking about outside. It, like, pops out of the plane, walks by, like, a few, you know, Secret Service dudes, and then pops in the the cop car that's a Decepticon. And nobody notices, like, what the fuck's that thing over there? Because they were, you know, concerned about stuff. And things? Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like that's a thing to be concerned about. Like, you know, no. the plane just went down. They said it was being hacked by inside the plane. Maybe we should, you know, look for someone trying to run away. I mean, the Secret Service should have said it was a robot or something. Didn't they? No, I'm pretty sure the guy just goes, the president's terminal's being hacked. And then he gets the ninja stars thrown in his face and goes, where are Yeah. Okay. And the robot disappears, and the, the two guys have their MP5s in front of the president's door, and George Bush is eating his ding-dongs. Really what happens there? I know it's exactly what happens. And it's just... I don't know how this movie got... green. Well, I know how it got greenlit. Because it was just like, oh, hey, Transformer movies, big money there. It's not a thing that's been tapped yet. But no. I guess they were too deep in the process to like see like oh shit this is actually going to be a bad movie. But it's funny because his dad's a cheapskate. Who's dad? Trial of Us dad. Uh, 
Kind of, I guess. He's the tightwad. Here, have a shitty car, son. I mean, I can kind LOL. of understand that. Like, the, someone's first car probably should be a piece of shit, or at least one with decent insurance, because it's going to get trashed, possibly. But, eh. Let's go to Bernie Mac's used car lot and buy you this Volkswagen Beetle. I thought that that's what they were going to try to do when I first saw it. Oh, I think I may have been, like, spoiled by, you know, trailers or something when I saw this. Well, because Bumblebee... Bumblebee is a... Is an iconic car, and they could have just conflated him with, was that Goldbug, whoever the VW Beetle Transformer was? That was Bumblebee. And oh, okay. he, he was upgraded into Goldbug. Okay, yeah. So, they could have done that. Mm-mm. No. But instead, they made him a Dodge Charger, Challenger, Chevy Camaro. Chevy Camaro. Yeah, which you can buy the Bumblebee edition. Yeah, really? I know. Yeah. For many, many, many extra tens of thousands of dollars on top of the Camaro's regular price. Why? It's just I, a paint job, right? And like maybe yeah. like a little Autobots like shifter or some shit. He has he has an Autobot decal. Yeah, on, and like a what is it, a metallic decal like on the front of the car or and something? in the steering wheel yeah. instead of the Chevy little badge. It's got an Autobot face. Like when Shia LaBeouf blows the dust off and is like, what's this? Oh, my God. Oh, wait, wait, is it the old one or is it the new Camaro that they have later in the movie? It's like a brand new one. Okay. It's oh, a it's, it's a brand new one, but I'm saying that the, like, the, in the steering wheel, when he finds it in the old one, it's still there in the new one. That's what you're paying 30 plus extra thousand dollars for is the Autobot badges. And it's got the limited edition Bumblebee color. So if Megatron can, like, transform, like, any, like, machine into, like, a Decepticon, why doesn't he just do that more often? Because he didn't have the AllSpark. Yeah. He needed the magic. Oh, did he actually have the AllSpark when, like, he was doing that to the the vending machine or whatever? Yeah, didn't he? Or was that... That's what they're all looking for, and that's like another thing that I have a problem with in this movie, that they're looking for this AllSpark thing, which somehow is like the the generator of all Transformer life or something and creates Transformers. And But Optimus does say that's why Megatron wants it, because he wants to turn all the toasters in the world into robots and kill the humans and make a new robot planet. Uh, I must have just missed if he grabbed the AllSpark or if Shia LaBeouf accidentally like, Maybe he pissed on it, it or something. For a couple seconds... He was close enough to it to use Bluetooth. I don't know. Ah, uh, whatever. Okay. I, no, it's not okay. I, I, it's it's just the the robot orgy at the end there. Like I honestly couldn't tell which robot was on top at any given point. Hey, these guys don't lose. Oh, well, I don't actually remember that line, but I just remembered something else that really bugged me. Oh, go ahead, Justin. There was this part where, like, Megatron somehow cornered Shia LaBeouf on, like, the edge of a building. I don't even know. At the end? Yeah, at the end. It honestly felt like Inception to me because I was like, how did we get here? Like, um, anyway, so he's at the corner of the building, and, like, he falls off. Or actually, it looks over the edge of the building. like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. And he falls off. Then Optimus Prime is like, oh, hey, I'm right here. Like, wedge between two buildings where you're falling, where we just look down. Yeah. Where'd you come from, Optimus? I don't know. Like when they're taking apart what's his the face? The same place his trailer came from. Yeah. Well, I mean, to your point, when what's the guy's name? 
Is it John Turturro? No. Which one? Is it? Yeah. The, yeah. I describe a stereotype. The Secret Service guy? Or okay. The guy who runs Sector 7 or yeah. whatever the fuck it is. All right. I just know him as the butler from Mr. Deeds because that's all I remember him from. <laughs> uh, when they, they ripped the roof of his car off when he has Megan Fox and Shia LaBeouf and they're you know, taking him to his secret government facility mm-hmm. and Optimus is like, took their guns away and the Autobots just come over the bridge like out of nowhere. They just fly, fly in. Yeah. Like, same thing. Like From whence they came, I, I don't know. They were, <laughs> the one minute they're there and the other minute they're not. But, like, that's my problem. Like, when the Autobots first came to Earth, they're, like, hiding behind bushes. And it's, like, stomp, stomp, stomp. Oh, you can't see me. Like, oh, yeah. You're like, right over there, man. Like, the little girl is outside. Like, are you the tooth fairy or whatever? And parents are like, what are you doing out here? And the giant robot. He's like, yeah, stomp, stomp, stomp behind bushes. Like, <laughs> it's behind the little, like, the pine tree that's maybe five feet wide. And it's just like, you can't see me. Maybe he's going to cover his eyes. You can't see him. Not to mention, like, there's these giant, like, depressions in, like, the grass, and, like, the soil is upturned from that, and... Oh, yeah, and Sam's dad's gonna be fucking upset about his grass being messed up. That fountain probably cost, you know, a lot. I mean, yeah, it it takes effort to lay the tiles and whatnot in, like, the backyard, but a fountain, it was kind of nice. And it got smashed. Yeah. But, I mean, the the neighborhood got wrecked. Smashed them. Smashed them? Yeah, smashed them. The neighborhood got wrecked. The power lines got pulled down. The, yeah. Their garden shed got broken. Like, there's just a lot of shit that would be difficult for her Shia LaBeouf to explain as either the government guys did it or it just happened. I just mean, at no point has anybody questioned that there's, like, like you said, enormous robots stomping around. It's like when his parents are like, open the door, are you smoking pot in there? And Optimus Prime's outside, like, it's the parrots. Let's move around inside the house. It's like, you don't, you don't hear that with how much <laughs> other, like, you know... They're not, like, whispering or anything. Right. It's yeah. like... But his, all the fucking noise voice. the robots make, all of the noise they make doing anything, like, even moving their hand is like... It's a, like... Yeah, like, the parents can't hear them, like, moving around the outside of the house. Apparently not. Yeah. And the robots, like, go from being competent AI driven robots into like semi retarded children who are just like be quiet. Shh, we're having a slapstick comedy moment. Yeah. And it's like comedy.exe running that in the fucking command box. Why didn't they just transform again and like back out of his driveway? <laughs> yeah, just park on the street. It, I mean it wouldn't look that out of place to have some cars parked there. Maybe yeah, I mean, they, they would have picked that up. It's like, are there any cars parked in lawns around here? No. Okay, maybe we shouldn't transform into fucking, like, semi-trucks in the middle of the lawn. No. No. Yeah, it's, it's, you don't think of these things. It's not important. What's important is making money. And I think this movie did make a lot of money. Yeah. Hold on a second. Let me check on the money it made. Sure. I think I actually have a Wikipedia page, but budget was 150 million, and the box office total was 710 million, basically. So yeah, I mean Michael Bay made some good money off this. He probably was able to afford a Bumblebee Camaro, at least one, maybe one. Did they but, make Optimus Prime semi trucks for like truckers too, or? Um, I don't think so. But I could be wrong. Lost income. That's just money on the table. 
I haven't actually ever looked into it. Oh, I'm sure there's some guy who's like at least custom modded his, you know, long range truck to look like Optimus. Yeah, I mean, Optimus is missing his trailer, which is a, a big point of contention with many hardcore Transformers fans. And even not so hardcore ones, but. I mean, his, his trailer doesn't make an appearance in the movie, Justin, so I, does this bother you like it did when it was coming it out of his, his pocket dimension in the animated movie? He's also a different kind of truck. Yeah. I mean, the thing that bothered me the most is just, like, I mean, at least in, like, an animated sense, I can, like, sort of, you know, wave away the whole, like, transformation process. Like, okay, yeah, there's going to be, like, parts being added and subtracted. But when it's, like, you know, supposed to look like real life and with CGI, robot that was hacking the Air Force One, like... So you have a problem with the robot hacking it, Air Force One by no, no, touching no. it? I have a problem. I have a problem with that. But I also have a problem with like the amount of metal that is there in yeah. him does not seem like it would translate entirely into a little boombox thing. Like, yeah, but remember the arc was the the cube that was like the size of a mountain, and then it becomes the size of a watermelon. That I can at <laughs> least buy that because it's like a magical cube that can like bring it's not a magic life. Cube. Wait, what do you mean it's not it's a, a magic cube? It's a cube? big technology thing. It's a magic cube to the Transformers. Oh, okay. It's a magic cube to them, but it runs on... It's like, it's a piece of technology. They don't... Like, okay, if it was like, oh, if it's just a piece of technology, they'll be like, oh, we lost an AllSpark. Let's make another one, spin it up. Like, well, I mean, it, maybe it's like, uh, what's that, Greek fire, stuff that people don't know how to make anymore. Uh... I'm just saying that, like, if you're going to buy the cube going from, you know skyscraper size down to watermelon size i can buy a little robot turning into a jukebox yeah you gotta buy the boombox boom thing box. too like yeah i mean maybe okay fine maybe it's just like the exterior and it's just like a hollow thing inside but then like the the stewardess would be like wow this thing's fucking light maybe he can you know transformers have long been able to add or subtract mass just by thinking about it i thought that was just a power of optimus since he was some sort of special no, like I explained to you last week, the, the fucking robot in the cartoon that is 50 feet tall and then becomes a boombox, becomes a 1980s ghetto blaster and fires out cassette tapes that turn into robots that are 50 oh, feet tall. Oh, yeah. It, it's just the, the cost of doing business in the Transformers universe is you just have to completely buy into this concept that they can change size at will. Just size and mass at will. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, think about it, though, like... There's no way they could pack all the shit that's in those robots into a car. No matter how intricate they make all of the metal smashing noises. Yeah. It's just, it's not going to happen. The cars would be huge. Or very densely packed. <laughs> I, that too, but I mean, you see what I'm saying. They, there has to be some element of like elasticity to their mass to make that whole thing work. And, you know, it's Michael Bay. The camera's always got to be moving, and nothing really has to be explained. You got to have lens flares and... Explosion. Did you say lens flare? Yeah. Wow. That's an advanced effect. <laughs> That's a plug-in he probably had to use. Yeah, it's an iMovie thing. <laughs> I, there is a real lack of explosions, though, for Michael Bay. I got to say. He makes up for it in the next one. Oh, yeah, no, no, I know. <laughs> the next one, do you remember seeing the next one? I think we saw I've this one together. I've never seen this one. Oh, really? 
I know I saw it with somebody. I thought it was you. Mm-mm. Maybe it was our mutual friend. Possible. Probably all the cars involved. Um, but the, the, yeah, the battle in the next one is seriously the last 90 minutes of the movie. It's just a nonstop robot battle. So the next one I'm actually a little worried about because, like, I feel like we've almost spent the whole, like, complaining about, you know, the Transformers being depicted in this movie and, like, the blatant stereotypes and all, like, the low-hanging fruit. And we might actually have to talk about, like, the actual plot of the next movie. I mean, I guess we talked about a little bit in this, but... I mean, the plot of this movie is pretty, like... Like, I don't think... It was... There's a cube in space. Megatron tries to get it, crashes into the ice. There's a kid who wants to buy a car... The car turns out to be a robot who tells the other robots, yo, I found the kid. They're trying to find a pair of glasses that are from his yeah, grandfather. I, and let's touch on that to... for a moment, though. Megatron. I don't really get how like he laser etched the coordinates into his glasses or even how that would work. <laughs> and like... how, like, okay, yeah, let's just say for a second... Sure, Megatron, like, sent out, like, something that was, you know, the navigation coordinates... Oh, it's supposed to be a hologram, like, you know, how mm. Optimus is doing it later in the movie. Why would it be a complete etching on the dude's glasses instead of just, like, a partial one of, like, the world map or something? I want to know why Sam Witwicky didn't realize that the glasses, you know, were not just glasses. Because, like, by looking at them... They look like they're cracked and scratch. Yeah. But I, mean, I mean, it doesn't look like they're that crazy, I guess. I don't know. Uh, they show a little bit of a pattern in them, though, when it's like Megatron etched him in there when Optimus is trying to explain the story. But if you've just been told, like, oh, it's your grandfather's glasses and they're, like, already cracked, it's like, oh, whatever, I'm not going to look that closely at them because they're just, like, I guess. scratched and shit. But Megatron laser etching them in there is stupid. But he then customized they find... them for... <clears throat> hmm? He customized the glasses for Sam Witwicky's grandfather... Who was dead at the time, though? <laughs> right. So, it was nice of him. I was guess. that Megatron on Mars, or was that one of the other ones? Like, I don't get how like the Decepticon that was on Mars made it to Earth. I guess they were checking out the planets to try to find the cube or some shit. Okay. Well, I, I mean, okay. So, in the animated series, the movie, the only thing I've really seen, they yeah. had a ship to, you know. Transport. Right. So how do they... Well, I mean, I guess some of the Deceptions can fly, but... So how do the... They all can fly. Even the tank one? Yeah. In the animated series, they all can fly. That's one of their advantages over the Autobots is that they're, they have flight capability. Oh, okay. So I guess how do the Autobots move from planet to planet other than, like, apparently falling down in, like, some sort of meteorite thing well they have this interesting thing in the animated series that they do in the third movie in this series this the space bridge Mm -hmm. and they use this space bridge thing in the series to like transport themselves from earth to cybertron a lot of times during the series it's a stargate yeah it's like a stargate basically but it's on earth there's like a portal they build like the portal machine on earth and there's one that is on Cybertron too that like receives the signal or transmission. 
I thought they said Cybertron was like a dead world, though, in this series. In this series. movie. Yeah, in this series. Okay. But in the animated series, it's kind of dead, too. But the, the, the war is still going on, like, for millions of years while mm. they're... Okay. Yeah. So it's like a planet the size... Or a series of the size of a planet. It's just a war going on and on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But how they got off Mars is really not important. They smashed the probe. I, I just don't get, like, why he was there. I mean, I guess wasn't scouting it, planets or something. Wasn't but. it Starscream who was on Mars? I think so. Yeah, and he turns into, like, a jet. So, I mean, he could make it to Earth. Because I know in the second movie we're going to talk well, the, about the, Megatron flies to, like, the moon of Saturn or something. Whoa. After, whoa. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, at the end of this movie they actually teased, I guess, was it Starscream, like, flying out through the atmosphere? Like, oh, my God. Sequel time. Well, Starscream's the only one who's alive, or alive at the end. Yeah, the few of them get away. They get dumped into the big trench. I just remember the trailer for the second movie. There's some robot with a cane. I don't know who that was. With a what? A cane. Oh, no. That's an old robot who's been on Earth so long he modeled himself after the sr-71 blackbird and he has a cane because he's a robot he's old it's michael bay come on it's again that thing i was talking about you know last time where like you have this like old robot that just tells war stories like why do you have a robot that ages I mean, he very he's very similar to Cup, and he does like have like an old man cough, and he's stooped over and shit. It's like General Grievous is who I'll compare it to. That's exactly who it reminds me of. But General Grievous or Grievous had a had lungs though. Yeah. The robots don't have lungs in Transformers. Maybe they maybe they age because of like nanites or something. That's all. <laughs> But, like, okay, so you have this Optimus Prime versus Megatron war that's been going on for millions of years. This robot here on Earth has been here just prior to humans, just, like, dicking around. Like, why would I want to be here? There's just, you Maybe know... he's a refugee from the war. Yeah, man, maybe okay. he skipped the draft I'll... and went to Canada. Maybe I'll more pissed about this next week when I actually oh, know you about will. this yeah, robot. You probably will. But I've heard this is it's also the same movie. Well, they're all kind of the same movie. It's that, you know, there's a robot that shows up in the beginning. And it's like, oh my God, what's going on? Whoa, 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 whoa. It goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. not, oh my God, what's going on? It's just... Well, the people... Yeah, say, the people say, oh my God, what's going on? And the robot goes like... Yeah. Like at the beginning, when the... The helicopter robot is like, you know, landing and they have that great dialogue of like, step out, we're going to kill you. That's probably how the military guys talk. Yeah. I mean, I've never been to, you know, Afghanistan and apparently we have large bases in Yemen, according to this movie, is I think is what they were saying. Yeah, we really do. Do we? In yeah. Yemen? Yeah. Oh, I didn't think we were in oh, bases in all those countries. They're oh. constantly trying to, you know, shake us down for money to pay the rent. They're trying to increase the cost, you know. Oh, I didn't. I honestly didn't think we had anything in Yemen, but I guess. When I was of wrong. course we spend all this money protecting their asses, so. America, hey. freedom. Yeah. Hold on, Donald Trump. <laughs> We're talking about Transformers. Don't worry about it, little Marco. 
But okay. Yeah, they're in Yemen or wherever. Qatar. Something. One of those fucking countries. Actually a real country from what I remember them saying. Not a... Oh, not a made-up country. Turk Afstan or something right, like right. that. Right, right. But Arabstan? Arabstan. Arabistan. <laughs> but it's... I don't think the country's important necessarily, but it's just like, oh, they're in the Middle East and they're doing you no know, regular counterterrorism operations and... And sand. Oh. Sand is... A, as far as the eye can see. Yeah, yeah it gets everywhere. It's they coarse. Do, they do make up an Arab country in the animated series, though. They are trying to do... The Decepticons are trying to do some deal with this country called, like, the Democratic Federated Republic of Carbamia, and a bunch of Arab people <laughs> got really mad. <laughs> wait, wait, was it really called Carbamia? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And people got upset. <laughs> Oh. They should be upset, though, because the IRA are the people who invented the car bomb. I know, right? And they had a drink named after them. Yeah. Come on. How can you get upset about that, though? Give respect where it's due. All those drunk Irish people <laughs> who are, were not in Qatar when the giant robot shows up mm. and blows up the control tower with his screechy blaster and then uses his like sound wave machine to destroy all of the planes... And it's very specifically shown that the people who are running away under the wing of the last um, C-130 get killed because they're screaming, like, Woo! and they get vaporized. But the special forces team that hides under the tank and grabs the kid, they're good, even though the robot in the background looks like he's blowing up all those tanks with his little sound wave blaster. I got nothing to say to that, but... I so, mean, I know they're not, these guys don't lose, is what Angelina Jolie's dad says, but it seems like hard to get away from that situation. But go ahead. Yeah, so about running away. At yes. the end of the movie, they were in the city, right? Yep. Shit was going down, a lot of civilians. It was probably about 30, 40 minutes. I don't know how long it was. Yeah. Still, at the end of that whole process, in, like, random shots, you had, like, these civilians go, like, wah, wah, or, like, you know, I feel like the whole shot was on, like, just a couple blocks. I feel like they would have cleared out at that point, or, like, nah. I mean, nah. it's like some dude running out of a flower shop, and it's, like, I feel like you would have been gone by now when you saw that robot come down in the middle of the street, you know, run the opposite way. But then they couldn't have had, like, those seven or eight reaction shots of people screaming and running away from robots he they had it seven or eight but it was throughout the whole freaking final sequence i know that's what i'm saying that like every time the robot like does the jump flip over the woman who's in front of the green screen like yeah you gotta do that like five more times just to underline to people that there are robots in the city and they're not in disguise no (laughs) they're just they're smashing everything and you can't tell what's going on. And then Optimus is like, you got to kill me. You got to do it. Cut me, Mick. And then Shia LaBeouf is like, no, I figured out how to kill Megatron. But Yay. not really, because he comes back later, I think. No, oh, yeah, I mean. He always comes back. Comes such back as, he comes back like three times. Yeah, such as <laughs> He's the like way. Goku. <laughs> I'd say he's more like the Joker, you know. Uh, okay. He gets like cut up into a thousand pieces and incinerated and spread around the universe. But then, like three issues later, when they run out of ideas, it's like, hmm, there's a man in a clown costume. Who could it be? 
It's Megatron, basically. He comes back from everything. Oh, okay. I mean, Optimus Prime brutally executes him, I think, in the end of the third one. Mm-hmm. And then he still fucking comes back. <laughs> Which you're going to love, by the way, because Megatron's begging for mercy and is like, Optimus, no! And Prime's just like, die! And shoots him with his <laughs> shotgun. <laughs> is it like, is Megatron's like, I can see the bunnies. No, no, he's begging for his life. Like, please don't kill me. And it's like Duke Nukem, which is like, die, and shoots him. <laughs> it is one of the genuine laugh-out-loud moments of the movie because it's just... Yeah, it's one of the Prime only good parts. goes from like, we must protect the humans and all life is sacred, and Megatron, I'm sorry, my brother, and just like, fuck you. <laughs> die. Die, motherfucker. <laughs> So you'll come to appreciate it when we get to that movie. Yeah, I think overall, this movie is not very good sci-fi to me, just because it's just basically rock'em sock'em robots on a large scale. Doesn't really do any good myth building or character creation or ask any interesting questions. It just... The only question it poses is what if giant robots that like to kick the crap out of each other showed up in our backyard? Yeah. I mean, there's like zero character creation. It's like we were saying earlier, it's all built on stereotypes. Like, it's like, oh, you fill in the blanks with your, you know, whatever stereotype you have about, you know, your stereotypes I'm throwing at the screen. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. I forgot to talk about my favorite stereotype, which is the high school students. Oh, yeah. That's... And the jock douche you're not supposed to like driving his, his big H1 Hummer with his double-popped collars in class. The only thing I could think about during all of the high school scenes was just, like, the fact that they cast, you know, like, 28-year-olds for high school students. I'm like, I, mm, no, I, I I just can't believe that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, I'm in wasn't, high school. Wasn't that like in uh, 21 Jump Street where the, the kid asked Channing Tatum, like, what, like, how old are you? Like, what are you, you're like 30 or Were something? Were you held back? <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it's just that one, it's like that one, uh, uh, like Steve Buscemi thing. It's like, how are you doing, fellow kids? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess since they're all like 30, they don't really need to explain it too hard. But, okay, that's my problem. It's... I mean, yeah, they at least are consistent with their age for high school kids, but, like, those are not high school age kids, and it's like that in a lot of movies. If I was going to explain that, though, in, like, real-life terms, it may be because knowing Michael Bay as a director, he probably didn't want to go through all the hassle of getting actual child actors because there's all these special rules you have to follow. yeah. yeah. So that's, that he's like, oh shit, that's just a waste of time. I want to get to the explosions part. I guess. Well, <laughs> I mean that in every, like, say eighty or ninety percent of Hollywood depictions of depictions of high school are, you know, yeah. twenty five and up usually. Yeah. So it's just like, eh, whatever. Let's not be true to the source material or be true to the you know real life. Well, because if you're gonna have high schoolers, especially since they made them in the eleventh grade here, which I would have just made it twelfth grade, so everybody would have been eighteen, then you could have hired eighteen year olds and told them to go fuck themselves. Because mm-hmm. I think eighteen and under, the the Taft Hartley Act, which is like the child, it's a I think a labor law as I recall, but it has mm-hmm. a lot of child. Basically, it's the thing that makes child actors you know, protected and everything. So you can only have, you know, three hours a day of filming. It's why the Harry Potter movies were a real bitch to film, apparently, until the kids got old enough where they could, you know, tell them to go fuck themselves. Yeah. 
probably why Grant's right. Michael Bay didn't want to go through the trouble of like, okay, we gotta stop shooting for the day, or you guys have to have you know your mandatory two hours of tutoring to make up for the school you're not doing. Fuck that. Well, I mean, it makes sense. It's like they if they doll like Megan Fox up a little bit in the makeup chair, it's like she could pass for a high school girl, you know, when she made yeah. this movie. But I mean, you know, it's it's much easier to say, hey, central casting, get me some young-ish people, and we'll just say they're in high school because nobody really is coming to this movie for a, a high school character piece. Yeah, they're coming to see robots punch each other and smash buildings. So. Which just backs up the whole thesis that you know, like he doesn't give a shit about like the human characters and yeah. like you know makes them as uninteresting and one dimensional as possible because all he cares about is like you know which robot's head is going to get knocked up on its neck first. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean there was some stuff I thought was kind of funny, like when the mom is like, "You're a big cheapskate." To the dad, he's like, "What? It should be a shitty car." Then like his his precious lawn, everything gets covered in like in the black smog. And they just hold him that shot, like where the smog comes towards him, and he's just like, "Ah, oh, fuck, probably did make a mistake." There's some funny stuff in there, but overall, yeah, the human characters are—I mean, shit—they have George Bush's feet in there for five seconds. Were they actually George Bush's feet, or was it just like? Wasn't this at the time he dodged the shoe too? Two thousand seven, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She gave me some ding-dongs, and she's just like, okay, and then you don't see him again because uh, John Voight's like, get the president in the bunker. I'm the president now. I'm the secretary of defense. I run this shit. Oh, was he the secretary of defense? I didn't even know his position. Yeah, that's what he was. Okay. So apparently he just took over the country after the robots hacked the president's airplane. All right. Yeah, whatever. You know, it works. And then, um, uh, once it? Butler from Mr. Deeds is just like, oh, you don't know about Sector 7 because it's like the president only knows about this and, you know, we only take orders from him. But I guess since you're the president now, it's all right. Also, we can expunge your dad's record. Because reasons? Which was a great tacked-on thing. Like, oh, my dad's in prison and I know how to fix cars because he stole a lot of them. Couldn't your dad There's... have been like an auto enthusiast or something? Yeah, seriously, like... <laughs> Being I hate someone... when they set that up and they like never follow through with it. It's just so cheesy. Like it's like, oh, like you know, her her dad's in prison. It's like it gets one line in the home. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, we're trying to build sympathy for this character, and let's just like throw it away because forget about it. Like, oh. but I mean, really, he could have just been like an auto enthusiast who taught his daughter how to repair cars with him. Did he seriously really like to be he could have owned a garage or something like that? He didn't. Yeah, need to have like. Wait, was Gone in 60 Seconds a Michael Bay movie? I don't remember. Oh, I'm feeling like it was. I think so. Maybe. Was it? It seems Michael Bay-esque thinking back on it, but I don't know. He's got this thing about, like, criminals, because everybody, um, everybody in Armageddon's a criminal, too. It just, mm. you know, the, the script just in this movie, it really comes off like he just went to, like, a website script generator bot or something and, like, typed in, like, Every all the elements that he wanted. Well, he did and, the equivalent of that. Right, he went the, to Orsi and what's Kurtzman, his face? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's drag and drop characters. Right. It's the the hot girl and the jock, but she likes the nerd. Yeah, and you, you compare this movie to other franchise action movies coming out at the same time. It's just really, really, really skimpy on the plot and. Doesn't have much else going. Like they clearly spent all the budget doing the CGI. That's the one yeah. thing about this movie. I admit is pretty good. The CGI is virtually indistinguishable from 
you know, it, it, it's really good. I, I have to give them credit for that. That Throughout all these silly Transformers movies, that's the one thing they do really well is the CGI. I would agree with that statement for every movie after this one, but I don't know. There are a lot of moments in there where it was like, oh, they're on a blue screen. Well, it's well hidden. They yeah, do a good job hiding it in this movie. It's pretty. It's much better in the yeah. next after the next one. I guess you know once they prove that this concept of robots smashing each other for X minutes worked, the studio just sort of gave them a blank check. Yeah, it's just they, it's kind of hard to believe that Steven Spielberg is an executive producer for these movies. It's, really? Yeah. Seriously? Yes, I'm serious. I mean, and, he was an executive producer for a lot of movies that sucked, though. Yeah, I know, but that's the thing. Like, why? I just don't get, like, is it just a money decision? Or, like, why would you associate yourself with just pure shit? Money? Because your reputation is based on quality. Money? That's what I'm thinking. It just has to be, you know, hey, well, let's make some money. His, um, his, his company, DreamWorks, yeah. you know, produced or distributed, whatever the proper term is, because he, he, you know, the little the kid fishing on the yeah, moon yeah. is at the beginning. So he probably made a shitload of money on this thing. Made three quarters of a billion dollars. So he, you know, probably bought however many new islands Steven Spielberg. Buys. But just because they distribute the movie doesn't mean you need to have your name as an executive producer credit. But then you get paid more. But he owns the company, so. But then he gets yeah. to collect the other check too. I'm saying, if you're in for a penny, you're in for a yeah, pound. Yeah, double let's, dipping. Let's go like for it. he got greedy. his company. Yeah, greedy, little greedy. <laughs> oh wow, greedy people in Hollywood. Let's, let's well, I mean, the now. guys like already. No, I mean, like the mindset. You're already worth like six billion dollars. Like, but you got to have that little extra from being the executive producer. <laughs> well, maybe he figured that like, wow, this movie's probably gonna be dog shit. But Daddy hey, needs I'm a getting, new yacht. Yeah, I'm getting paid. <laughs> yeah, like so. maybe he's like looking for a new house and like. I don't know, fucking California, New York, somewhere. Jeez, oh, no, he needs. He's going like even more expensive now. He's he's buying like a two hundred foot yacht or something, and buying yeah. like you know international waters territory island or something. Where he needs to free up another two fifty million quick. Wait, I don't know if you're being serious about this whole island nonsense and yacht business. No, I'm not. Okay, uh, but I'm just I'm just trying to figure out the logic of why somebody who's a renowned director would have their name attached to this in any way. It's going to be great. It's going to be so great you're going to get sick of it. No, no, no. It's going to be great. The Jedi cut him down like butter. It's going to be great. <laughs> These guys really are useless. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. God. The the prequel documentary oh, where George Lucas and Steven Spielberg are next to like the battle droid dummy and George Lucas is like oh these robots are really bad and the Jedi just calm down like butter they're kind of useless and Steven Spielberg is like oh it's going to be great and he's like oh it's going to be great and they keep saying that to each other Spielberg executive produced those didn't he wasn't he on there no no oh it was Indiana Jones that George Lucas was the producer on that was their yeah which I George, I feel like our Transformers discussion is run its course. Yeah, but. George Lucas asked Spielberg to direct episode one, and he turned it down like everybody else. Because nobody wanted the, the pressure of doing the Star Wars movie. Well, at the time, was let it Jake Lloyd actually written? Huh? They should have let Jake Lloyd direct it. Yeah, he's like a nine-year-old kid. I know. He would have done And then the Jedi come together, and then they fight the Sith. <laughs> yep. Okay, you know what? We talked about the prequels before, but I do want to bring up the point that Qui-Gon comes back with fucking like proof positive that there is a Sith out there, and they send him and his barely ready apprentice with the whiny kid alone back to Naboo, 
when they have all these other Jedi hanging out in their giant CGI castle. That's the life of a Jedi. You have to take they some could risks. have sent like two or three like of the Jedi hit squad back there. Darth Maul would have been like, hey, I'm going to get you now. And it's like, oh, five Jedi. Maybe they were now. trying to stay low-key to draw him out. And they thought Qui-Gon could do it. Is he going like, to throw sand at them, like pocket sand and escape? I mean, sand is pretty coarse and annoying. Like, it's everywhere. Darth Maul should have like, taken sand from Ted when he got there. Maybe that'll be in the new Indiana Jones movie that's coming out, Indiana Jones 5. Oh, yeah, they are making another one, aren't they? Which I don't know what... I wanted to mention that at the beginning, but I forgot about it. I don't know what the plot is yet, but... Maybe the aliens come back from the Crystal Skull. Indiana Jones finds the Transformers. Next week. (laughs) No, next week is... uh, Napoleon finds the Transformers because they're in Egypt. Is there another, the like, weird historical tie-in or something like that? Yeah, the, yeah, the pyramids are transformer shit, too. Christ. Speaking of Christ, happy Easter. <laughs> That's right. Good job, Justin. And Ham, I guess, Easter Ham. Hammy acting. Ham- yeah. Like this joke. <laughs> Whatever. You'll see next week. You'll pay. <laughs> <laughs>